Hey, this is Keith Jones, the new president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. Gentlemen, welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the people's podcast, players podcast, prognosticators podcast, PD Light podcast, the only Flyers podcast, episode 217. No one has thought to do a Flyers podcast yet. It's just us. Just us out in the abyss. We're floating in space. Time and space. Time is like a flat circle. We're less than a month away from training camp. At least we're going to have some actual hockey to talk about. Today is a special mailbag edition. And by the way, there were some people on the YouTube stream who were in here before we went live trying to guess at what that thumbnail is. Now, it's Anthony's head, and it'll be in the podcast feed as well. Uh, it was uh, KDub1323 said, Honey, I shrunk Aunt San, which is not correct. I'm wondering, Aunt, if when you looked at it, if you were able to figure out right off the, right off the bat. I figured that you would understand it. I did take out the background. Were you able to figure out what that thumbnail is. And I'll ask the people in the YouTube comments. They can, they can weigh yeah, in as well. I, I, Russ, I saw it and I immediately thought uh, it was something that uh, that guy corn pop or whatever the hell his name is, who does all those mm-hmm. bad, uh, bad Photoshop. They're not real Photoshop's Photoshop. sent over. That's what I honestly thought. That's what it was. No. I'm not, I am not collaborating with nor commiserating with corn pop. No, you know no, whose no. body that is. You don't know. I didn't pay attention that close. I saw the picture. Well, go pull and I was it like, up. Go pull it like, up. What are you doing? I was like, Ross, what are you doing? But uh, it's whatever. Who is All it? Right. Well, me. no, we're gonna. I'm gonna leave it in there for the for the live stream to try to figure out. I will give you a clue. It was from a very very popular show. It wasn't one of the main main characters, but it was a very very popular show. Oh, you're gonna make me look again. All right. I'll I'm gonna make you look again. All right. In the meantime. Meantime. By the way, you know, we always mention mm-hmm. when we have someone uh, t- tuning in from uh, a unique locale yeah, tom watson mm-hmm. is checking in from scotland i i thought you were going to start trying to pull things up you know you were you were the one was that supposed to be a scottish accent by the way i don't know how to feel about that it's not scottish it's crap yeah i don't know that was that was something um all right so tom is checking in from scotland i saw a little bit earlier louis out there pacific time eric nice. did it on youtube is in finland Dinner time in Finland. Just to give you an idea. The reach yeah. is real. Super fan Eric, by the way. God bless. Or if you don't believe in God, tree bless. Home from work, 4 a.m., slept with one eye open, waiting for the latest Snow the Goalie podcast. That's the way to do it. Um, and I, I, I thought, not King of Queens. Zach Weeks is asking, was the image from King of Queens? It was not. It was not. It was a more popular show than King of Queens. Cheers. Nope. No, although not... some would say it's probably as popular, more popular than Cheers. That, that wasn't Cliff. That wasn't Cliff Clavin. Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. Walter Sanfilippo White. That is also not correct. Yeah, it's an older show than that. No, that's great. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, at least it wasn't an old lady. Um. All right. Let's keep going. See if that helps. I probably won't. All right. Um. And. Today is an episode that we have long lamented the we have to go to the oh. mailbag. Oh. What? Newfoundland. What? Newfoundland. 
There we go. Nice. Checking in 1140. Love That's it. right. It's an hour and a half difference in Newfoundland. It's or weird. two and a half, rather. No, an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah. It's got that weird half hour difference yeah. in the time in the time frame in the uh, time thing. There it is. Ski. Ski one five one nine four. Newman. It's Newman. Yeah. It was a picture of Newman. All right. There we go. I'm glad somebody got it. it From Seinfeld. Yes. Makes me feel warm and fuzzy. There we go. Good. It was a mailbag. I don't want to put a picture of a mailbag because I figured put a picture of a mailman. What? I'm going to use Ant. Ant's in postal. Ant's going to go postal I, pretty soon. And it was an old photo. I can't tell you when that last time I wore that weird chin that goatee. goatee. Yeah. yeah. I found it. I found it on your Facebook. It's an old, old photo. What's up, baby cakes? I found it on your Facebook. <laughs> Facebook lives forever. All right. <laughs> Let's dive into this now that we've uh, gotten this out of the way. There's probably like somebody who's going to listen back in the podcast feed and go, this asshole, these guys are they're talking about not hockey. I can't believe it. It's horrible. See what happens when Bundy's not there? When Bundy's not there, they don't talk about hockey. I can't believe it. By the way, if you're ever one of the people, I love you all. Um, if you're ever one of the people who's like, I can't believe these guys. I'm watching on YouTube and they're just talking about other stuff. I always put timestamps on YouTube. I put timestamps. You can go into the description. You can click on it and jump to the parts that you want to watch. Or the whole thing. We like the whole thing. But just so you know. The more you know. Doo, doo, doo. All right. And mailbag Russ edition. In, Russ is in rare form today. <laughs> Russ has a lot of work to do. But Russ is very excited. You know what's in this cup? Not vodka. You know what's in this cup? I'll tell you. I cracked jolt, open. Jolt energy I, drink or no, jolt, I jolt open, cola? I cracked open a, uh, a new creamer today. Is this a flavor? I'm supposed to guess. Mm-hmm. What this flavor is? I'm actually I, ashamed of myself. I have no idea. Oh my god! It's probably is it pumpkin ish? Yeah, it's pumpkin. Oh, it's spice. August. Russ it's is an, August. It's an, it's an oat milk pumpkin spice chobani. All right, uh, creamer. Look, I'm gonna now. I just want to say this now. My son Andrew is on the opposite side of the table eating breakfast right now, so I'm not gonna ask him to come on camera. Is that the young one? That's yes, the young one. But he, I don't and hear he, what he has. To and say. he, but but he works at Starbucks, so I gotta. Oh, ask, does he? Yes, I gotta ask him, Andrew. How many orders on pumpkin spice are you getting already at Starbucks? I'm sure it's a lot. Yesterday we were swamped. What's that? Yesterday we were swamped. And, and it was all pumpkin? Mostly. Yesterday was the first day, and yep. they were swamped. Yep. Because I know. Most, I... most people were ordering the pumpkin. Yep. Yep. They started their pumpkin stuff. They did. What the hell, man? What's wrong with you people? Hello, society. It's August, and you're drinking pumpkin spice nonsense. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm sorry. I feel ashamed. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna leave the stream here for a minute. You can. You can talk to the people. I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Let's get to their questions because we waited long enough. <laughs> yes, pumpkins. Anything are gross. That's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. <laughs> pumpkins are still green on the vine, Russ. It's not time yet. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate that. Uh, oh, baby, pumpkin time. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. All right, let's talk about hockey. I guess, I guess we have to. It's a hockey podcast, apparently. So, um, let's let's uh, let's talk about it. The Flyers, Philadelphia Flyers. Um, there's not a lot going on around the team. I feel like this is one of those weird times, and you know, like if I, I, I think it's fun when you go back and you check the way that we used to do this show. Like way back when, right? 
And like, I've gotten to experience this more uploading the old episodes to YouTube and like cutting off the beginning and end with copyrighted music. Cause nay, nay. And, um, I go back and I listen to the tone that you and I have. I go back and I listen to our early respect, respectful discourse that you and I used to have with each other, which was just so boring. But I go back and I, and I think there, there were times, especially early when you and I started the show five years ago, where we, we would start off and go, I know it's been three weeks, but we're back with a new snow, the goalie. Yeah. And then it was like the next one. It's like, Hey, yeah, we did this two weeks in a row. And then it's like, ah, uh, it's been five weeks, but the Philadelphia flyers still stink here on snow. The goalie, the only flyers. Po no, it wasn't even the only flyers podcast at that point. We just called it a flyers podcast. But, um, this is the first year that we've ever done the show where we have kept up with every week. I think there might've been one time we had a 10 day window, but for the most part, it's been every week throughout the summer we haven't run out of any topics. Like we've been able to, to go and have conversations and like keep this thing going, but we are a month out from camp last week. We did the bounce back candidates. And I think we'll probably do another episode like that. Uh, something else related to the team in the next week or so, but we opened it up to the mailbag because there have been a bunch of streams lately that we've done live streams that we haven't gotten to a lot of the questions, comments, and concerns. And, and I feel bad about that. So today we're going to do mailbag stuff. We'll answer any questions. Uh, we'll answer the ones that we can. If there are any questions that we can. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Oh, Do oh my. you see what I see? Holy <laughs> smokes. <laughs> I'd like to thank the, uh, I'd like to thank the Skoogle for keeping me at three miles an hour right now so I could check in on my favorite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> By God, Bundy's music has hit business. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing today? Oh, how are you? How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Got a big meeting out in Phoenixville, but I uh, saw you guys were on. I didn't want to leave you hanging and not really moving at all. So uh, great time to check in. How are you guys doing? What are we talking about today? So far, we haven't really touched one hockey topic. We talked yeah, about the, the fact that yeah. we talked about the fact that Russ has already gone with the pumpkin spice creamer in his coffee on August the 25th. Yeah, I got to wait till the 1st of September. That's my that's my goal. Like it doesn't pumpkin in August doesn't go together. Pumpkin in September, October, November, no problem at all. Wow. There you go. See that? I would even wait. Well, I only got I only later, did it because but... I saw it at Wegmans and I was like, oh, you know, you never know. So I got yeah. it and it's the only one we had in the house. So there we are. Um here's here's what I think we need to do. All right. What, what this are you is laughing been, at? This. There you go. Oh no, I put the wrong one. Hold up. That we'll get to Zach, we'll get back to that your question. Here it is. Good plan. Keep Bundy out until the 12-minute mark. No bomb within the first two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there yeah, there's not, not no, no bomb. I'm just on the extra part today, guys. I wanted to come on and just see what we're talking about. And I know that it gets tough, but I got like, I, um, I was down at the Eagles game last night. It was probably a little bit bigger crowd to go, but I will tell you any of the Flyers fans coming in, uh, be prepared for any of that early season traffic maneuvering that they all try for like new, you know, the new Eagles season, uh, whatever it is. They had traffic patterns last night. I had no idea what they were thinking. Like it was on, they shut down Broad Street coming out and they forced you to take a left on the Penrose to swing back to get on the Walt Whitman back to New Jersey. I, you know, and again, in two weeks after everything will be totally normal again, but people get these great ideas. And the traffic was just unbelievable. I couldn't imagine if there was a Phillies game last night too, Anthony. Yeah, thankfully there wasn't. Thankfully there wasn't. Um, and I, I'm glad that that's when they snuck that 
nonsense in because it's always a nightmare. Eagles traffic is like none I've ever seen. It's the oh. worst of the worst down there. Now, apparently, for those of you who go down to the Flyers games, and we briefly touched on this when we had Dan Hilferty on, um, mm-hmm. but it didn't. he didn't get into the real specifics of it. But if you're down there, if you've been down there, um, and you may have noticed they are doing some construction uh, in the Wells Fargo Center parking lots that are going to widen uh, the entrances, okay, so that they're and they're going to have more entrances open um, than in the past. I, it, Bundy, it's been something I've been screaming about for years. Not necessarily the widened lanes, but that they don't have all the entrances open. And it's like, why? Why are we forcing people into one of two places to get into this building? It doesn't make any sense. Open up more, so they're going to open up more. Um, which will be good, and they're widening it so that you can that more cars can c- get through faster. Um, so that uh, there will be a little bit better flow of traffic coming into the building this year. So that's a that's a definite positive, uh, just just from uh, an experience standpoint of going down to the building, whether it's for a hockey game yeah. or not, but primarily for hockey. Yeah, and, and the build the build like the Wells Fargo Center looks amazing. They painted it. It's uh, like a cream color now, like brown, like charcoal. It's, it looks amazing. It really does. But, looks yeah, like so, I mean, there's a lot going on. <laughs> That's right. Color. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Let's go, cars. Okay. Let's answer some mailbag questions. Let's get to some mailbag stuff. Um, let's start with something that, um, I think we can dispel really quickly. And I saw that it, this was going around Twitter last week. Um, this one's from Theodorus Polistas. Polistas? Polias? Hey, you put it up. I'll tell you how you're pronouncing it. It's like, it, it has to be Greek. Greek, of course. It has to be Greek. Greek. Theodorus Paliatsis. You're going to put it up on the screen so we can Paliatsis? see? No, it's an email. Oh, it's an email. I'm sorry. It's an email. Oh, so the, the email is as follows. Do you find it odd that Cal McCarr is on the cover of the new NHL 24 game when he's part of the 2018 team under serious investigation? The public is still waiting for the report and list. Do you think the guilty and innocent know who, who they are? Are the guilty ones ready to lawyer up and the innocent are just going on with their lives? And McCarr being the cover athlete, uh, I assume he means like him being the cover athlete means that he's innocent. Keep up the great work. Um, it's a great question. Uh, and one where, I mean, I can't give you an exact answer because no one knows who's involved in that and who's not. Um, but you know, there is a lot of whispers around the, uh, you know, around the league and have been for more than a year. Um, you, you hear things here and there. Um, some names are mentioned repeatedly. Some are mentioned here. Sometimes they're not. Um, so that's why like I keep telling people, I can't speak in any with any certainty as anyone's involvement or not but the one thing that i have consistently heard is that kale mccarr is not involved so if that's the case and that is accurate um then it makes perfect sense as to why he's on the cover of of the game i i, I don't think that they would let him be on that cover if there was a risk of being named in that in that uh investigation so uh, he was also con- uh, confident he was- that he's not he was also quoted this is a year ago um, as saying that he publicly stated that he was not one of the eight players who were being accused uh, and that he would cooperate with the investigation, got an email about it. Um, he'll be cooperative. So I, th- I think to your point at like, that's yeah, that's it. Um, 
I'm just looking here. The because the Hockey Canada suit was against eight CHL players, including members of the World Junior team. Makar was not a CHL player, but he was on the 2018 team. So that that's yeah. it, to answer your question. It it just it by the way, it's unfathomable because we we know that the league is aware of which players are potentially going to be named, right? Like they're this is this is a, a known quantity. So the there's no way they were going to let Makar be on the cover of the game. Correct. Correct. So unless something changes, Ant, you know, something real crazy, but I, I don't see it. Um, let's yes. get to let's get to uh, the question that uh, you brought up a little bit ago uh, on the screen. I had it. Uh, Zach Weeks, who would you rather see on the opening roster opening night? Emil Andre, Zamula, or both? Opening night, I would – well, that's a good question. I, I Ultimately, the answer is Andre. I mean, Andre is an NHL yeah. defenseman. Uh, I'm not certain that Zamula is. I think Zamula is more of a number seven type guy. Like, you know. Um, so I think ultimately it's Andre. I, I, I'm not 100% convinced he's on the opening night roster. Um, I think he's going to have to have a good camp and, and, and earn it. Uh, you don't just get to come over and just be given – a job even on a team this bad and a defense this bad um and i do think but i do think he will play this season for the flyers play a bunch of games this season for the flyers and if he earns it and he's on that opening night roster then that's even that's good that's good news for the flyers if he is because that means that his development is a little bit further along than than most people probably expect yeah i think too and, and when you look at guys like that i also think that they um they'll be looking to plug guys in as well. Like they're going to want to play guys that haven't had a chance. So don't think for a second that Torts isn't going to probably, you know, see if there's an angle for them, um, you know, to try to, to, to try to fill a spot with younger guys. There may even be a veteran on there that you see get relegated down to a seventh role. But again, I think coming in, you know, there's a lot of things they have to check on the D. The first one would be Sanheim for me this year, but then also the, the continued development of Cam York to see where that goes. So there's a few things that they've really got to, they've got an opportunity to dip into this year. Uh, the other one too is can wrist a line and can he have another year like he did? You know, he was a surprise to a lot of people uh, last year. And I think it paid off that he did have a good year for the team uh, because that was, you know, salvageable piece. They weren't sure what they had coming in, but this is a year guys that they can examine. They could take their time kind of in, in scouting and seeing who's got a future. And I do believe that's what they're going to do. Just a uh, reminder, the players that are currently under contract at the NHL level, Sanheim, Ristolainen, Sean Walker, Cam York, Mark Stahl, Nick Sealer, Zamula. Now, Zamula is uh, waiver eligible, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, HC asks, who would be scratched? So if Andre were to make the team, which player do you think is most likely to get scratched of the, the seven there? Well, the six. I mean, six that would play. But like, who who's the most likely to get scratched? Is it? I mean, pro probably Sean Walker as the yeah. veteran guy. I mean, I think that they're going to start with Sealer because he had a nice season for them last year, and he's been a real like torts guy, right? So mm -hmm. I I can't see Sealer kind of losing that that spot to start the season. Um, so if Andre comes in, you're probably looking at a guy like Walker. Um, I think they're going to want to play Mark Stahl. Um, 
a because he's a veteran and can kind of really kind of show this group how to play and b if he's able to put up a you know the kind of season he did last year for florida um then maybe he's a guy that you know oh he gets you something at the deadline right so you want him playing and you want him playing well if possible so you know you're not pulling york out right you're not pulling sanheim out um those guys are going to be in you're not pulling risto out so really it comes down to somebody on the third pair and i think that it's either walker or sealer and it's probably more likely walker because he's just a guy that you have in here as a stopgap all right let's go to this next one from jtoxic49 inverse question is there anyone you'd like to see off the roster? Like someone you've seen enough of and they should just move off, uh, move on if they can. I think they've gotten rid of those guys um, primarily. Um, I think there's a couple of guys where, you know, it's time, it's put up or shut up time. Um, you know, we talked about this all summer, you know, with Sanheim. I mean, obviously they try to trade him. Um, he has to be better. You know, if the, you know if he's going to be under contract for the next eight years, he has to be better. Um, they want to see, you know, once his contract gets finalized, they want to see Morgan Frost be the guy he was the second half of that season, or not even second half, the last month of the season when he was really good. Um, and they want to see if he's a guy that just plays well when there's no pressure or if he's a guy that, you know, just needed to figure it out, and now he finally is hitting his stride and 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 can play at that level against good competition and when games are closer and matter more, a little bit more physical, right? So I think I think those two guys are the are the put up or shut up guys this year. Uh, and I, I, other than that, I don't look at the rest of the roster. And go, oh my god, why is this guy on the roster? Get rid of him. Get rid of him. I think that they found the guys that they wanted to get rid of and got rid of them. Um, but I think what you have left is a bunch of guys who are going to—they're going to bust their tail for the most part, um, and they may not be great. They may not be players who are here long term, but they're going to play the right way, and they're going to play hard, and they're going to—you know—they're going to play towards the style, and they'll keep them competitive in games. I don't know if there's anybody Just like last year. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. I don't know if there's anybody that stands out right now because, like, to your point, they—they've cut the bloat. Right. For the most part. I mean, they're they're You look at their roster, like if you look at cap friendly right now, um, there's a lot of youth that's going to be injected into this team. There are a couple of vets that they signed this offseason. They're obviously not going to move on from those guys before they've ever played a game. But to your point, like a Mark Stahl is somebody that like we have to keep a close eye on. Probably somebody that'll get dealt at the deadline for some sort of an asset. We talked last week on this episode about about bounce back candidates, you know, could you potentially see a scenario where a camp Atkinson comes back and proves that he can be healthy? Like, is that something that excites a team at the deadline? Maybe, maybe not. We talked about Couturier, like there's no way that he's going to get moved this season because of the back. And like, you need to see for an extended period of time, whether or not, um, you know, he can stay healthy. So there's not a lot of roster movement that I can see this team making. I mean, even for as active as Danny Briere has been and reportedly, you know, attempted to be, there just aren't that many parts that you can see the moving off. Do you maybe get to the deadline and have a serious conversation about Morgan Frost? Like if he looks like a decent enough player and a team makes you a good offer, is that a guy that you consider moving on from? Because you say, you know, maybe he, he fits the timeline. Maybe he doesn't, but like, do you sell high? If you're not totally sold as an organization, like maybe that's a guy. I don't see them moving on from a Joel Farabee. Right. So like, like, I don't know, maybe Frost. 
Both Scott Lott. Well, Scott Lott yeah. is another guy, right? Yeah, Maybe. I don't think that. I don't think I don't think you're moving on from young players at the deadline. I, very rarely, very rarely do you have a guy of like Frost and Farabee's caliber that you're trading at the deadline. Those are guys that if you move them, you usually move them in the offseason, right? Um, so I think that I think that they're likely both here uh, through the through the season for sure. Um, but a guy like Lawton, like Bundy just said, I think there's a guy who could be. Uh, deadline acquisition like they talked about we know that there were offers for him last year and and they didn't take them um and we know that there were offers for him this summer and they didn't take them so they really value him uh, and what he brings to that locker room but at some point you have to look at your roster and say you know where will scott lawton fit when we're a good team again in three years is, is, is does he fit on what we're going to have? And if the answer is no, then that, then you move him and you get something for him. So I think Bundy's pretty spot on there. This actually kind of goes with another question yeah. that's on here. And, it, and we've kind of talked about, it. And, and Bundy, this probably ties into it too, about Lawton solar wardens asks uh, gentlemen, hope all is well. Chances we see additional A's worn this year. Uh, this one A is just dumb. What message does it send to the team? So, Bundy, put your former player hat on here for a second. Um, only only putting one guy on the ice with an A, no captain. How does that play? What message does that send to a team? And could you see Torts expanding it to two or three or something? Yeah, it tells you that the top leadership, whoever that the, the – the non-ice commodity part of the team doesn't believe that there's anybody worthy of being a leader on the team. So th the thing is, is there's no like vote in the locker room where the players name a captain. This isn't like peewee hockey or Adam where you get like the silent vote and then nobody really tallies the right number anyway because the coach picked it anyway. The coach in hockey is usually will gravitate towards someone that is either the best player or somebody that's going to help move their agenda along. Um, Keith Primo was a great example for Hitchcock. They were kind of lockstep a little bit, and I think, but that's a different team. We had a lot of leaders there. Um, a guy like Torts, uh, I don't know, but last year it got to a point where, you know, with not wearing the C, it's almost like saying, we really like you, but we don't like you enough to be the captain, and then we really don't like anybody else to even join you in the leadership role on the ice. So for me, I don't know, guys. I, I think it's a good thing to probably have another person wearing a letter either it's somebody on the i don't know if there's anyone on the back end that's worthy or not or maybe you know what maybe there just isn't anybody really fucking worthy at all of wearing any kind of letter other than Lawton. but <laughs> you know there's guys that have come in here uh in the summer that they've made moves for mark stull might be that guy uh i mean uh, he played for torts before uh he's come home to roost again and that might be the the most logical play uh, is that maybe he adds, uh, you know, his old defenseman from the Rangers to the leadership group with Lawton. But do I think he's going to name a captain? Not no chance. I don't think so. I, no, I don't think he will. And maybe he'll, maybe he'll surprise me or the team will, and they'll name one. Uh, but I doubt it. I don't, I don't even know if that person's here yet, but I do think Scott Lawton would make a good captain. The problem is, is when you look through the league at captains now, it's very rare to see a third-line guy as a captain of a team because most of them are all searching for your high-end players, you know, your guys that are 
the top three draft picks and you're in the first round that end up being those generational talents or your guys that'll carry your franchise. But Scotty Lawton is an excellent leader uh, and, and a heck of a player and a great person. And I don't have a problem with, with what they've done with them. But adding another person to that, I think it's a big thing because a lot falls on the guy just wearing the A, not the C. And it's kind of a weird type of compliment to not have the C, but be the leader, the only leader wearing an A. It's just a strange kind of look as a former player. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Bundy, that they're not going to name a captain this season, but I don't think he's going to be the only A. I, I, I think what they right. did last season, I think what Torts did last season was kind of a, a twofold thing. One, I think it was a nod to Couturier and Atkinson, who they knew were not going to be on yep. the roster all year to say, hey, we don't want to replace you guys. You're probably guys that would wear A's on this team. But it was also a little bit of a shot at Kevin Hayes and Ivan Provorov, who previously wore A's and basically had them taken away from them to basically say, yeah, you guys are not the kinds of leaders that we want in this locker room. So I think I think Torts was was sending two different messages there. Um, and I agree with you that Scott Lawton is a, is captain material. Uh, but I think that what Torts is looking at is like, I don't want to just give us give the captaincy to a guy who may not be here long term. Um, although he has in the past given the captaincy to a third line player. As a matter of fact, the year he won the Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay, all that talent they had on that team, their captain was Dave Andrichuk, who was a third line yeah. player by that point in his career. Right. I mean, he was not, a, he was a, he was a great scorer before that, but right. he was by, by he that was. point, by that point in his career, he was on the third line in Tampa and was their captain. He was, that, that is true. And I, and I, and you know, I just, uh, yeah, it's so funny when you haven't had Coots there for two years, you kind of lose him out of your mind. He'll of course be back part of this as well. So they may have, uh, that may be a big part of that too. But again, a guy coming off of two years injured, you can't give him the C either. Right. You know, that's the whole part they're dealing with. So, you right. know, and, and Atkinson, I mean, he's been here for a little while. Um, unless the torch has com- total love for him, I don't see that happening. So I agree with you. I don't think there'll be a C this year, but I do think there'll be an expanded uh, assistance or guys wearing the A's, even if it's maybe um, in, in a, you know, kind of a, a changing mode. Like if there's four A's again and two guys wear it, Maybe they do that again, but we'll we'll have to wait on that and see. Yeah, yeah, I think you might see like Law. I, I think it's like I bet you it's something like um, Lawton and Coots have the A full time, and then Atkinson maybe on the road. And if you're looking, maybe there's the fourth guy, maybe Konechny, you know, or somebody else, you know, wearing it at home or something like. I, I think that I think you'll see something along those lines. Susan Lowe here on YouTube says, uh, do you think Torts didn't name a captain because he's dead set on Atkinson? No, I, I don't think it's that. No. Yeah, no. no. I, I think he's I think he believes Atkinson, Susan, is a leader in the locker room. And I think that he would be fine with Atkinson wearing an A. But I, I, I feel like he believes that you, this team does not have a captain on it. He wants somebody who to be a captain of this team who's going to be here and lead this team once they're good again. Uh, otherwise you're, you're not serving that perp. You're not, you're not really doing the, doing the role justice if for lack of a better way of describing it. So let me throw this out there. All right. 
And when Torts listens back to this episode, he can say, what a stupid fucking question. But like, let me ask this. If the idea of having Scott Lawton around is because you think that he's a great leader or like he can help you instill the culture that you're trying to build toward. And there have been offers for him of like significant value. If you're not going to make him the captain and he's a third line player, what are we doing? Like at some point as an organization, don't you kind of have to decide the guy's leadership is either good enough to be captain or like you, you move him for an actual asset. Like I, I'm just not, I'm not totally understanding why a guy that you know is going to be a third line player is going to be somebody that you're going to turn down potential high picks for and like have as part of the leadership crew, but like isn't part of the long term. Like you're saying he wants a guy that's going to be captain when the team's good again. He's not old, right? Lawton's not old. So that, well, that would kind of indicate that they don't think he's part of like the five-year plan. So like I, it just to me, it's like cognitively dissonant. Like I don't totally understand what they're going for yeah no i i hear your question russ and it, and it is a fair question but at the same time you have to understand where torts views this team at at the current moment and at the current moment it's a team that is really just starting to figure out how to be professional at the nhl level and so therefore he wants to have players who will be around this team and show them how to play the right way how to be a pro that's what it basically means it means how to show up when to show up for practice in the morning how to conduct yourself at practice how to conduct yourself in the weight room in team meetings you know how, when, when to pay attention you know be able to hold each other accountable for things i think those are the situations that torts wants to have and so, therefore, Lawton, who's who's not a bad player, you say you know, labeling him as a third line guy. I mean, he is, but he's also got some flexibility to move around the lineup. He's played, he yeah, he's played. He's played he top play, six minutes. Yeah, play I'm not trying, yeah, I'm yeah, not trying well, to be dismissive of Scott Lawton. Okay, no, no, I, I get like that. Scott Lawton. I think he's a good player. He, but like on a good team, he's he's a he's a third line guy, and that's okay. And you need those guys. A thousand percent, thousand percent. But I think that I think that the rationale here is more. They want they want the right people playing, you know, showing the young kids who are here how to play the right way, no matter how good or bad the team is. And Scott Lawton yeah. certainly fits that bill. I, I got to pull something up here real quick. Rob, Rob Wyatt is yeah. very yeah. upset. I was going to just pull it up. Once you can you take off your glasses for a second? Can no, we just stare into those baby blues? Because yeah. uh, Rob Rob Wyatt eighty four. Hey, Ant, the glare from the glasses on the screen yeah. on your glasses hides your baby blues. It's hard to look at. Then followed up with. Can you tilt your screen? The glare reflects off your glasses and hides your baby blues. It's distracting. Now, I don't know who Rob Wyatt is. I don't know, I don't know if know. you know who Rob Wyatt is. I don't. But I find it very interesting, one, that Rob Wyatt knows that he had baby blues. Two, Rob Wyatt really wants to see them baby blues. And three, you are depriving Rob Wyatt and the fine folks who are checking out the live stream or after the fact, the YouTube stream of Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast, episode 217, by depriving us of those baby blues. Let me, let me say this, Rob. I read that comment and I was going to pull it up, but Russ pulled it up for us. Okay. I would not have been able to read your comment to consider it and to talk about it here on the show. Had I not had, if I take the glasses off, because right now I'm staring at a screen and I cannot see a damn thing. So the glasses, even though the glare is there and I apologize for the glare, 
It's maybe because I'm sitting too close to the camera. I can push. Look, how about that? Does that make it a little bit better? Uh, a little, a little bit, bit better. Further, we can kind of see a little bit further. Funny, as soon as you left, yeah. somebody started commenting about how they want to see Ant's baby blues and how his uh, his our audience are, is just lucky. We're as good looking as we are. That's what it is, Bundy. It could be worse. It certainly could be worse. That's right. You know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, <laughs> Russ. I'm surprised, Russ, or anybody else has not made a comment yet about my attire today. I think you look like a stud. I can't see it that so, well. I'm 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 out yeah, in the I'm out in the hills by Phoenixville. I'm coming in and out a little bit. So, you know, no, I understand. I, I give you a pass, right? But it's a it's it's simply like a button down shirt, but it's kind of like a, a little bit of a Hawaiian feel. And the reason I brought it up is two reasons. Only fans links, please. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> is uh, I recorded the um, Phillies podcast earlier with Bob Wankel crossed up, and he made reference to it. And not only did he make reference to it, but I wore this once to a Phillies game, and Zach Wheeler gave me crap about the shirt. So I thought I'm going to get beat. I'm going to get beat up on Snow the goalie today about it. But instead, I got people talking about my eyes. So it's uh, it's all right. It's good. And it's because you're up here. All right. You're up here. That's where we that's where we meet you. Now, if Ant starts unbuttoning the shirt, then it's gonna be an only sans. Just as a reminder, just to remember, just a reminder, Russ, there was that one episode where I showed up shirtless. I do remember that, but nobody saw it because there was no video. I was the only one who saw it, and I didn't have an HR team to reach out to. If I had, I wouldn't be doing the show right now. All right, um, let's go back to the questions, comments, and concerns. Um, JToxic49, what do you want to see from Tippett this year? And after a full season of seeing him, what's his upside? That's a good question. Bundy, you want to take that one? Yeah, so what happened? Uh, that's a great question. And what happens now with him is there'll be an expectation to score goals and to continue on that path that he was on. The, the thing is, is when you, I always say, when you give them a sample of something, they're going to want a continued sample of that. And so he's proven that he's the guy that they wanted for a reason, that they believed he had upside, and that he has met those what those expectations were. So now the trick for him is, is to do it again. And that, that sometimes can be a real challenge, is to duplicate it again. Um, especially for goal scorers, guys. When you score the goals, they want to keep seeing the goals scored. So that's a challenge for him. I'm not saying he can't do it. I have an expectation of him to have another great year. I do. Personally think he should have another good year. He's big. He's got a great shot. He's got a willingness to go to the front of the net and in, into the dirty areas to score goals. And if you continue doing that, he should be able to, ha to have the same success. You know, I always look at it from a defenseman standpoint of, you know, what is hard for a defenseman? Like, what do I remember being things that were difficult, you know? And, and it is. It's goal scorers that have the willingness to go into the gray areas. Because then when they go in there, that disrupts your thought of what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to cover. Front of the net becomes a premium, and that allows somebody else in the corner outside that gray area to make a play. So those are always the most difficult things to deal with. And I look at a guy like Tippett of how I would defend them. Uh oh, we lost him through the mountains of Phoenixville. We'll bring him back, and he can finish answering that. Because there's actually something that I do want to ask him about. Yeah, the, I, the, the, the well, I want to. I want to hear. I mean, boy, that's talk, talk about a cliffhanger. You know, how would I defend him? And he disappears. <laughs> we'll bring that's him back a, as soon as he gets through those mountains. I'll yeah, tell you what, Phoenixville is a tough. It's a tough place to get a signal. 
That is true. Yeah. It's, it's, well, that's it's why, legit. you know, I've, I've always told you, it's, you in the basement is a problem it's out okay. there, out that way. I ain't me. I ain't me. Um, oh, hold on. It looks like Bundy might be back. We'll uh, we'll see if we can pull him back up here in a sec when this video comes back. His video is not back. Oh, there we go. Bundy, are you there? Can you hear us? All right. You guys can uh, finish up here, but uh, I just wanted you to just... Uh, say have a good weekend. Oh, you left us on a cliffhanger. You said, how would I defend him? Oh, no. Okay, so no, but I went right off. and I didn't do it. I thought I lost the internet. No, uh, no, no. So we, what we I would do is tell that. Go ahead. Oh no, yeah. I mean, so the part, the uh, the part where the guy like that that goes to the front, it disrupts you as a defenseman. So you have to stay with that guy, and then sometimes play a two on one. People don't understand when any, any time a forward drives a net on a defenseman, or he gets into that 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 paint area, that difficult area, it's hard for the defenseman because he's got a lot more going on than just that one guy. That's why playing D in that league is a very difficult thing, and it's even harder now. Uh, with all the cycles and all the things going on for you to pick up your assignments. So when I look at Owen Tippett, I would tell him if I were the offensive coach or whoever's working with a Briere or John LeClaire who's there now, just go to the front of the net. It's the hardest thing to deal with because it's taken up a body of a defenseman that's got to be there, but it's also uncomfortable knowing that as you as one of the guys down low, a D-man, that you have two or three other things you're worried about. So I think he could have a great year, guys, again, just doing the same things he did last year. Would it make sense, Bundy? I, I'm going to try to make a comparison here. It might work and it might not. So the idea of crashing the net in hockey is obviously different than it is in soccer. But if in, in soccer, if everybody overloads because all the attention is going to one side of the field and you have runners coming in on the, the near side and, and players are marking up on defense – it allows that open lane on the far post for there to be, if the ball plays through, to bang it in the back of the net. If Tippett is going to be the guy who can be in that, that greasy area, jamming things up, blocking a goalie's view, taking that attention, does that allow a guy who's you know, good in front of the net, like a Konechny, to then maybe on a power play unit, they could play well off of each other, where you get a guy like Konechny who streaks in at the back post, when everybody's momentum is going another way and he's able to, you know, deposit the, the biscuit in the basket. Absolutely. I mean, anytime you can funnel as much traffic as you can to the front of the net, it's a problem. You know, it's so, you know, I look back and. <sighs> you know, we were so close. So we were close. so close. So close. So close. All right. Well, I, I, I have, I'll, I'll take another one. I have one here that I think is kind of an important question. Just kind of educate people, just in case they don't know. I know a lot of our fans are smart and know this, but I'm yeah. gonna. I just want to explain it, just in case they don't. Uh, so Frank is asking me um, if there's any significance, in my opinion, to signing Oliver Bonk to his entry level contract. What appears to be early on, obviously being an 18 year old player. Okay, so um, Oliver Bonk's contract. He did sign his ELC, um, but he is a slide rule candidate. I mean, what does that mean? Um, if you are 18 or 19, okay, and you sign an entry-level contract, but you don't play in at least 10 games in the first season of that contract, then every part of that contract, as far as you know, the term and 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 the um, uh, and the AAV, they get extended one year. So basically, if he doesn't play um, 10 games in the NHL in 23-24, the first season of his ELC slides to 24 25 um 
Now, if he, you know, I, I don't know what his birthday is, but you can have a second slide. Like you could slide a second time. Um, if you also don't play in at least the first 10 games of your second season again. However, if your birthday lands, I believe it's between it's, it's sometime in September and um, and the end of December and you turn 20, then the automatic extension doesn't count. And that would be in that second year uh, for him. Right. But so so he would have to play 10 games this year for that contract to count this year. Otherwise, it gets bumped a year. So so it's it's cool to sign him to the ELC. Right. Because then you can kind of have control over him and you can have your people work with him and everything else. Um, but if he doesn't play in the NHL, then it's not like you're, you know, you're you're losing a year of his time by signing him so soon. You're allowed to do that with 18 and 19 year olds. It's usually done with guys who they feel like have an opportunity to play in the NHL sometime within their first two seasons. Um but sometimes it's for guys that you know. Hey, they're they they're going to have them develop for two years before they play. Um, so either way, I think it's a it's a it's a good thing for the Flyers to really have their development people working with Oliver Bonk um, and not have to really worry about losing years unless he's NHL ready. We have a few questions here that I think all kind of go together. So we're gonna we're gonna combine them. Okay. Okay. Um. And Bundy, Bundy's back. And Bundy, I don't know if you want to stay, if you want to sign off, if you want to get yeah, I only got mid, mid I'll, answer. I'll do this by, question. Uh... Okay. So yeah, I only uh, got a few minutes. I got an appointment. Thanks, guys. This all this all has to do with the rebuild. Um, so we have, I I want to say Dose. I'm going to say Dose. Dose sleeving sleevings. I hope. Uh, will management really exercise patience in the rebuild, or cave to a loud fan base in saying three years from now, even if they're not truly ready? That's the first part. Zach Weeks says, we know that Danny B, Jonesy, and Torts want to bring Flyers' identity back. Can that be cultivated, or is it more about the guys in the room? And then Eric comments, I hope, I think the fan base is settled in for what this is. I just hope they don't put pressure on the team to push forward quickly like what happened a few years back. So if we, if we combine all those things, we distill those things into one general idea here. It's, will the team, in the effort of building the culture, and saying it's a rebuild, will they actually commit to doing the rebuild the right way? Or is there a fear that at some point they could look to hit the gas pedal before the car is in first gear? I, I think that they have a plan on how to do this and that they, they're going to execute that plan and follow that plan. Let's keep in mind that right now your two biggest names um, – in this organization are not playing for the team this season. Right. And that's, that's Matvey Mishkov and Cutter Gauthier. So you're at least a year away from Gauthier um, being here. Uh, at least a year also on Mishkov, but probably two, maybe even three, depending on how yeah. that all plays out. Right. Um, so you, you're not even going to be, at the at the place you need to be until both of those guys are here and playing. Um, so fans have to be on board with this being at least three seasons, right? Um, it, well, let's put it this way: at least two that are not going to be good at all, and then the third one, you know, you cross your fingers. Hey, maybe they could be a little bit more competitive and maybe you know have a shot to get in. 
but ultimately you're probably looking at year four when you're like, okay, now's the time. Um, yeah. So I think, I think ultimately that's what it's got to be. And if fans start pushing sooner, I don't think that they're going to cave to that pressure by any stretch of the imagination, but fans would be in the wrong to push sooner in all honesty, because there's a, this team does not have, not only do they not have that top end talent playing up front yet, even though we know that there are a couple guys coming, but you really don't have a lot of top end talent on the back end either. Right. I mean, all, we've had this discussion, like, you know, they need Sanheim to be better. They want Cam York to keep developing into a really good player and they, and, and he can, but we have all stated many times and, 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 you know, we will continue to state that neither of them are really a top pair guy right now. Um, can York maybe get to a two? Maybe, but probably both of them are a second, our second pair material. So, so you are not going to be at that competitive level until you have your top pair. And I don't see anybody in this organization right now who's going to be a Rico and Bundy back there. <laughs> Let me not to be honest. Yeah, and, and but I appreciate that, Anthony. But I, uh, it's. <sighs> You know, the other thing, too, there's so many there's so many things that go along with this, and this is probably for another episode, too, but, again, we're, we're going on of the belief that the players that, that we get here are all – that they're all going to work out, too, right? Yeah. Like, that's part yeah. of it, too. You know, you got to go back into, like, look at Hextall's regime and then flowing into Fletcher's. You know, like, get told a lot of stuff. But the guys that you hit on or the guys that you get have to be as good as you're going to sell them because you can't go back to selling five more years of bullshit uh, at the behest of everybody else. And that's the yeah. part that I always say, get it right, do it right. Not going to hit on every single pick you get or every single person you have hit, um, that you're going to try to draft. The other issue they have to get to, guys, they have to turn the corner with this so you can get free agents in here. You know, if the problem is this was, as I said before, this was one of the most desirable places to come. They want to get that back. But the reason it was desirable wasn't because it was in proportionally located to the Atlantic Ocean or was close to New York or it was short travel. It's because the fucking team was good. They had good players and they had a culture that was good. And there's a lot of players in my time going back where they sprinkled in uh, over time, some guys came in here for five, seven, eight years. Some guys played 30 games. But it was all part of the same foundation. And that's what they're trying to get back to. They have to make sure that the team's good through a lot, of, getting a lot of the younger guys good so that they can get meaningful free agents when the time comes. Because that's how you end up flipping the script. You get your draft picks or, or they become your core of your team, the, te the, the guys that carry you. Colorado's a great example. And then you sprinkle in those dynamite free agents uh, around uh, your younger youth core. And are they there yet? Not even close. But that, to me, would be what I would do is to build this up through the draft, which you're doing, and then be able to acquire and, and generate good um, uh, a good manual or blueprint to show off to prospective free agents down the road. Uh, it's yeah. difficult to get guys. Like Mark Stahl came here, guys. People are like, how did he get Mark Stahl? There's limited jobs. There's not a lot of jobs. So you had a guy in Florida that basically tells you he's old, well over 30. Uh, he's coming to the end of the road. Nobody else wanted him. That's a hard reality of where they're at right now because he ended up here. If you're coming off of Florida going to the finals, if he really dictated his own way, he'd be in Colorado or another team that's looking to either repeat or go deep again in the playoffs. But he's not. It shows you a little bit of the changing signs and the times of the game and the NHL and where it's at. But it also shows you what happens when a franchise 
decline and there's nothing done about it and until the full cleanup on aisle three uh is 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 no, there's no other option but that and so that's where danny's at right now he's in a cleanup mode uh and and make no mistake about it he's got to get this ship fixed he's got to get the wood rebuilt get every all the people back on board trying to do the right thing and i do believe danny's danny's done a good job getting uh, you know getting off the schneid and and figuring out things in the summer trying to make meaningful moves but for the most part guys uh, the process this is a process i don't want to call it like the this what the sixers did uh, but this is certainly something that requires some time, a little bit of massaging. And I do urge the fans to have a little bit of patience in here. But at the same time, we can't ask for five or six years. That's just too much because from where I'm seeing it, we've already been sitting in a pea soup for five to seven years anyway. Well, yeah. And so, you know, and that, that's the hard reality of where they're at. Right. Yeah. And that's why you can't rush it because you got to allow them to do it right. So give them time. But they don't get an endless amount of time, right? And and that and I think that Bundy, the the point, the, just to finish up what you're saying there, this this is what, what the Hextall situation was, like Hextall wanted it to be that much longer, and yeah. and the organization was like, well, no, we can't have it be that long. It, it it's got to be faster. You got to move it a little bit quicker than that. I mean, you know, you get a little bit of time to to you know rebuild a team, but you don't get you know, the better part of a decade to rebuild a team. And I think no. that that's where no. that's where that, you know, and, and that kind of created the situation where they pushed when they shouldn't have pushed because Hextall didn't do it right and they pushed it too hard and then it ended up crashing and burning under uh, Chuck Fletcher, Dave Scott and Chuck Fletcher's uh, regime. So that's, that, that's why it happened and it was all because of what Hextall was trying to do prior to that. Danny, I think Danny understands that you're that this is a you got to get it right three to five years, not five to seven. I think that he yes. understands understands the timeline on that. And buddy, I know that you're wrapping up and you got to run, but I just yeah, want to throw this I got to run, last, guys. I want to throw this one last comment up on the screen, real quick, just so you see it. Obozo sure. must go says Russ and Ant, you guys definitely have faces made for podcasting, which makes me wonder. Geez. Obozo must go. Must really think Bundy's got a great face for uh, for besides that, right? I mean, must must love the face there, man. I, I don't know, dude. Uh, I'm a dude. I get up. I I'm trying to grow the scruff back. Like Anthony, I think you guys both look good. You know, I don't get on this pod in the morning and go, "Gee, I wonder what Anthony looks like today." Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I wonder if Russ has got a five o'clock shadow or if uh, you know if he's trimmed up today. But listen. Have a great weekend. I do have to go. I have an 11 o'clock. I was so glad I was able to jump on. Sorry for the yeah. cutoff, folks. It's not my fault. I'm in Pennsylvania near Phoenixville and Russ, and I hear the limited Wi-Fi here. It's just fucking awful. And um, that's what I've been dealing with. So yeah. have a great weekend uh, to all our amazing fans. And uh, Russ and Anthony, thanks, guys. We'll catch up soon. Yeah, we'll talk soon, Bundy. Thanks. See you, Bundy. As Bundy now heads off and and does actual meaningful work in the recovery community, Ant and I remain behind to answer questions from you, the wonderful listeners and viewers of Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast. Um, Ant, there are uh, some five-star reviews we can get to. I don't know if there's anything else that you see over in the comments that you wanted to get to. There's one thing that I wanted to – I knew you would forget about it. I know. Yeah, well, no, I didn't forget about it. It's it's in the chat over here. I can can bring it up. Um, What are you talking about? The link, the thing that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, but yeah, we have that too. But no, there's two things. Oh, is there was the other thing. See, I knew you would forget about the other thing. You forget okay. about 
my sister and my niece and nephew going to Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll bring that up and it'll give it'll be a nice little lead in for you. Um, so my sister, my, my niece is a, um, uh, she, she rides horses and um, does equestrian. And <laughs> um, so they were down in Kentucky for this um, international uh, equestrian showcase uh, for teenagers. And um, so they were there for like a week. And so she's down there um, and my nephew's down there with him. He's like a typical 16 year old who's miserable that he has to be there. You know, doesn't want to be there. But anyway, it's seven o'clock in the morning um, in, in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And my sister, it's, she said it was really, it was kind of cool that morning. So they all put hoodies on. Um, and of course my sister was one of our first, uh, shoppers at, uh, snow, the goalie, uh, the, the snow, the goalie store. And she what's bought the, what's the address and of course, shop.snowthegoalie.com. It's on the bottom yes. of the screen. Yes. And in the um, description of the podcast, I was late. This was a lead in for you to promote that. Hey, anyway. Um, so they walk into a Duncan, um, down in Lexington, Kentucky, and they're all wearing their snow, the goalie shirts. And there's this woman from the other side of the Duncan who starts screaming at my sister. Oh my God. You listen to snow, the goalie. Well, me and my sons, they play hockey. We listen to it all the time, blah, 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 blah. And like, just start, they start going on and on and on and on about this. And she was like startled by this woman at 7 a.m., like yelling at her from across the Duncan. Um, she never did ask her where she was from. But the one thing we do know is she was not local um, because there was only three people from the Philadelphia area who were actually in Lexington and Kentucky or three families that were down there. And my sister knows the other two. So it wasn't with them. Um, but she did say there were a lot of people from Canada and from Minnesota and from Michigan um, that were at this uh, uh, horse event down in, down in Lexington. So, and she said she didn't seem like she had a Southern accent. So the, the guess is it was probably from somewhere North, just not sure exactly where, but at seven o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, she was uh uh, wearing her snow, snow the goalie sweatshirts and and, and, and accosted in a, in a Dunkin' Donuts by uh, a listener. So thought it would be a kind of a funny little story to share. I love it. I really do. I think it's great. Um, and it's like we always say, there's a reason. It's it, it it's always been fun to know when we look at our numbers to see what they look like and to see how they they grow. And it sounds. I don't know, maybe it's annoying when we say this at this point, but like it is both humbling and also very cool to watch that number go up and up and up every week, every month, every year. And, you know, we keep hovering in that like top 10 of hockey podcasts and Apple podcasts, right? Which is neat. And sometimes we fall a little bit and then sometimes we go up to number four. And like, you can't do that unless one, you have a lot of listeners and two, uh, unless people are really excited about the show because there's like part of that algorithm with Apple Podcasts. So like, and the funny thing too is we've built this YouTube audience from zilch, from zero, from nada a few months ago up to I think about what, 1,700 subscribers. By the way, people who go back and watch, you know, we, we routinely have what, 1,800 people, sometimes up to 5,000 people that watch an episode. And I know that everybody isn't watching every episode, but like if you watch, Subscribe to the channel because we're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff over on YouTube uh, as we get to the hockey season. So uh, I can promise you, you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed to the Snow the Goalie YouTube channel. So if you're not already, make sure that you go over to youtube.com slash at Snow the Goalie and subscribe. 
uh, we want to get to 2,000. I think our, our goal here should be to get to 2,000 subscribers before the season starts. I'd actually like to get to 2,000 before training camp, but I don't want to be I don't want to be obnoxious here or pushy about it, but 2,000 would be cool. Um, this this is great, though. Tyler Graver, the sun never sets on the Snow the Goalie Empire. You have to remember, as we said during like the YouTube exclusive banter part that doesn't get into the podcast feed, um, we had people checking in from Finland. We had people checking in from the West Coast. We had people checking in from Newfoundland. Uh, what was the... There Scotland. Was another, Scotland. Scotland. Yep. We've sent, we've sent merchandise out to Australia. I just sent something down to Texas. I mean, we're all over the place, and it's really cool. And again, it's flattering. It's humbling. It's, it's really a neat thing, and we're very proud of it. Um, and I think the show is going to continue to grow, Ant. And I, I keep hinting at things. I do. I keep hinting at things every week. And there are going to be some stories breaking at some point in the not too distant future. Some will, will be related to us and some will not. But I think it's very fair to say that there is some pretty interesting stuff in the works with Know the Goalie of the Only Flyers podcast. And not only are the people in Kentucky at this horse show the ones who have noticed, but there are some other people who have noticed about Snow the Goalie as well. We'll leave it at that. Now, there was another thing that you wanted to get to. And by the way, as yeah. on the screen, shop.snowthegoalie.com. That is also in the description if you're listening in the podcast feed after the fact, if you're watching the YouTube show after the fact, if you're watching currently on the live stream, the link is in the description. Shop.snowthegoalie.com. We'll be adding some stuff to that merchandise store probably in the next few weeks. So get excited. Get hype. You can always email us, snowthegoalie at gmail.com. If you have an idea for a shirt, you can tweet, you can DM us, you can send us a message on Facebook, Instagram. Happy to uh, to do that. So um and Tyler Graver with a very good point. If you're watching on YouTube or if you watch after the fact, hit the like button. It'll get us in the happy YouTube algorithm where it'll uh, get spread around to people who are looking for Flyers content on the YouTube. The YouTube. Uh, Jay Toxic is right. We do need a long sleeve Snow the Goalie t-shirt. We'll work on that. Add that to the uh, to the portfolio. And there's something that you wanted to get to before we head out. And it's something that you're working on, uh, I mm -hmm. believe, tomorrow. It's right. It's on Saturday. It's tomorrow. It's yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Um, so, uh, as you got a lot of people know, if you don't know, I'll, I'll mention it real quick. Um, one of the things I do outside of sports is um, I'm involved in a local theater, um, a PCS Theater, play, the Players Club of Swarthmore. And uh, we're having a big fundraiser tomorrow night. And the only reason I mention it, I'm not trying to get people to come out to the theater, although there is a really cool prize, um, a couple of really cool prizes that you have to be uh, in attendance to bid on. Um, but we have a fundraiser. And uh, if you go into the link that's up on the screen, and for those of you who are just listening on the podcast, it's givebutter.com slash C slash PCS kickoff. And then you can slide over to the auction uh, button there. Um, but there are some great sports uh, items in there some really good flyers ones now the one that you can find that you can bid on without being in attendance which is the silent auction and you can do it in the link uh, we do have an autograph travis Konechny flyers jersey with a certificate of authenticity that was provided by the flyers um, so that is in there um, so give it a shot uh, to uh, you know bid on that that is going to be open until 9 30 tomorrow night um, if you would like to bid on the autographed TK jersey. Um, there, there is a great Flyers item um, that is part of the live auction. Now, live auction, you have to be in attendance or 
have a proxy in attendance. So if you can't make it, um, have somebody, if you know somebody who can and they want to come over just a bit on this item, it's really, really good. And I'm going to give you a little teaser that there's going to be something added to this item that's not officially in there yet. I'm going to add it in person. So what's being, what this is, it's two, it's two tickets to a mutually agreed upon game between the, uh, uh, between the, the winner of the prize and the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, you're also going to get an, um, uh, autographed Owen Tippett mini stick, which is pretty cool. Um, here's a great item. An original Flyers goalie mask with the Flyers logo on it, signed by Bernie Perrant that he um, had himself. That was one of his original masks, autographed by Bernie. And then what we're going to add to it is um, at that night, at, at the live auction, uh, be a guest on Snow the Goalie with you with uh, you and me and, and Bundy and lunch with us. I don't know if Russ will make it, but it'll definitely with me and Bundy. Uh, if Russ is available, Russ will join us as well. But lunch with me and Bundy uh, as part of that. That's one heck of a package um that that's that's going to be there but again that's the the live auction in order to be, do that you have to buy a ticket it's 40 and be there to, to do that there's other great stuff if you're if you're more than just a flyers fan there's a, a football autograph by the philadelphia eagles from 1992 the entire 92 team has got randall's autograph on it reggie white seth joiner like all those guys autograph that ball um there's a bryce harper uh uh, autographed baseball that's going to be auctioned off. And, and that's kind of the Phillies were generous enough to give that to me. Um, the really special thing about that is um, Harper doesn't sign many that are um, that, that have come with the, that come with the authenticity certification, which is a little uh, sticker on the baseball. Now it's not an actual piece of paper. It's a digital thing where you just do a QR code and come that stickers on the ball. Um, he only signs very, very few so that you have that authenticity for it. I mean, yeah, he could sign something for you at a game, but you really don't have confirmation that, that he really signed it for you. But the ones that come with these authenticity, they, they are worth a lot more. Um, so that's, there's something like that. Um, there's lunch with, uh, former college bas Philadelphia college basketball coaches, Phil Martelli and Fran Dunphy. Um, and, and Glenn Macnell is part of that as well. Um, and that'll be a Concha Hockey Brewing Company. And there's all kinds of other stuff as well. I mean, there's, um, uh, there's Phillies tickets, but there's also things that are not related to sports. There's theater tickets and there's, um, uh, restaurant gift certificates and stays at hotels. And there's a trip to Vero beach, Florida. Like there's all tons of different things, uh, that are part of this. So, uh, give it a shot check out the fundraiser and uh and help us uh help us raise a little bit of money for to increase the we're improving our sound system uh in the theater sound systems cost a lot of money um so any kind of help we can get that would be really awesome so thanks guys i appreciate uh, letting me talk about that and now you you mentioned that that was a package that you came up with the snow the goalie one that was your package mm -hmm. so i just want to make sure that people heard this right uh if you want ants package all you all it costs <laughs> is 40 bucks so some would say that's too much. Some would say it's not enough. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So let's get to the five star reviews uh, yes. before we head out this week. We have three of them, Ant. We, I can confirm we actually have three of them. Nice. I'm going by real math, not your math. Uh, first one is by no, uh, I think this is supposed to be number one Flyers fan from NB. Okay. It's NB. New yeah, Brunswick. It's, yeah, it's a Canadian. Yes. The Canadian five star review. Uh, from at Jim. Jim Chadich or Jim C. Hadich or Jim Chad each. I don't know. Uh, love the show. 
great content for any Flyers fan. Bundy once gave me a one-word answer to my tweet question. I'll be forever grateful. Uh, also, I once did shots with a couple of his former teammates at a bar in Ottawa. Podine and uh, Forbes. Colin Forbes. Oh. So there's that. Okay. Podes. I, I didn't know Colin Forbes that well. I do know Podes. What a great guy he is. Podes. Podes. Um, not to be confused with Broads. All right. Uh, next one is by Cliff's Cuts. I told Cliff last week, make sure you go change that four to a five star because he said five stars and five stars, five stars for the perfect Flyers podcast. That was all caps. Perfect with a great journalist and team insider, as well as an all time great player. It's a must for keeping up with our team. I don't know and why you didn't talk about you at all. That's kind of sad. And then there's that Russ you know? guy. No, I'm, I'm the journalist. You're the, <laughs> you're the unmentioned one. Uh, last one is by Nate QA. Great podcast. I only started listening a few months ago, and this has become my favorite Flyers podcast. Uh, wanted to get your opinion on something. My brother and I made a bet. He believes the Flyers will be at or over 500 by the All-Star break. If they're under, I win, and he buys tickets to a game this year. If he wins, I buy them. Who do you think takes the win? I think I'm going to get a free game this year. Thanks for the content, gents. So I'm pulling up just to real fast, just to kind of take a, a gander um, Love the word at gander. the uh, at the schedule. But I'm pretty confident they will not be over 500. So sounds like Nate. Is that his name, Nate? I think it said his name Nate, was Nate QA. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Nate. I think Nate is going to win the bet. Um, just kind of looking to see. And there's a lot of yeah. I I don't see. They have a lot of road games early. I mean, January is when they 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 really ramp up. Most of their home games are in the second half of the year. January and, and March have a lot of home games, um, but there's so there's a lot of travel early. Um, yeah, I I would say that they're going to be under 500 at the All Star break. Now, the, here's the big question: Are you considering 500 points percentage or win percentage? Ooh, ooh. Right, that's big difference there. Big difference there, because there's mm, points percentage. Yeah. Those are technically losses, right? They're losing yeah. games in overtime and in shootouts, but they're still getting a point. So you're saying, well, do they have 50% of their points at that point? Or is it a win percentage 500? In which case, you're lock, stock, and barrel. You're going to win that one. So, yeah. I think Nate's going to be in fine shape. Yeah. Yeah. I uh... I just wanted to check just to make sure that we're playing a bunch yeah. of bad teams. Or no, but I, I appreciate that though. I, you know what? This is, we're fair and balanced here. Yeah. This is the, this is news that you can trust. You know, we report, you decide. And your thoughts on the Republican debate this week up. Oh, it's time, time to go. I think we've, uh, we've run out of time. We've run out of time today. Um, a big thank you to everybody who tuned into the live stream. Uh, as you may have noticed, we've consolidated down from having to go on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube this week, we only did Facebook and YouTube. I think at some point, we might even take it all the way down to YouTube. We want people to subscribe to the YouTube channel because, as I mentioned before, we have some cool stuff in the pipeline that we're going to be doing with YouTube um, and additional content that we're going to be doing with YouTube this hockey season that we haven't done in the past. And who knows? And you and I have talked about it. I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. We've talked about perhaps bringing back some version of the Press Row show this year. We used to have hundreds of people who would tune into it pregame and during intermission and everything. Who's to say? Maybe we bring it back. Maybe we put it up on the YouTube. Maybe it looks better. Maybe it sounds better. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's a couple of Jamokes sitting in press row with Wayne Fish walking by in the background. Dan Gelston's big head, you know, coming on screen every once in a while. Who knows? Who's to say? But I will tell you that you want to make sure you go over and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, youtube.com 
slash at snow the goalie, little at sign at snow the goalie. You can also just look at it now. If, if, you, if you're on YouTube and you just type in Snow the Goalie, you're going to get our channel now. It's now outranking the old episodes on Crossing Broad, so you can just go and subscribe to the channel there. Make sure you ring the bell, ring that cute little bell, so that you know whenever we go live with a new episode and whenever a new episode drops in the channel. You can also tweak the notification settings. If you want it to only do for the live ones or only do videos or whatever, you can check that out, okay? So everybody, I hope you have a great weekend. Ant hopes you have a great weekend. Bunny hopes you have a great weekend. And I have to tell you that I think you're all fantastic. I think you're great. And I look forward to talking to you all again next week, as do these guys. Because after all, we are the only Flyers podcast. Thank you for listening to Snow the Goalie. We'll talk to you again next week.